What if someone tells you that the best ad ever created was on a shoestring budget, took just one day to go viral and challenge the might of the biggest company in the world? Guerrilla marketing, it's combative, out of the box, catches competition off guard. It's dirty and it's effective. But can everyone try it? Learn the ropes, be cautioned about the pitfalls, know everything there is to know about guerrilla marketing in today's edition of Marketing Lessons Podcast. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Marketing Lessons Books to Boardroom. This is a podcast for you if you're an MBA grad learning marketing concepts or are a budding marketing manager who loves analyzing brand campaigns. This is a podcast for you if you aspire to join a marketing team one day or to become better at marketing strategy and concepts. What Ishani is saying is, if you love marketing, then this is a podcast you don't want to miss. Hi everyone, I'm Ishani. And I'm Deepti. We were batchmates back in our MBA days and have been friends ever since. We now have over 20 years of combined marketing experience working with brands like Tanishq, HUL, Pizza Hut, Snapdeal, and Nokia. As we traversed through the marketing world, we realized that some of the marketing lessons we imbibed were evergreen, while some became quite archaic. The marketing playbook gets redefined every few years and we are here to share the experiences of our journey from books to the boardroom. When it comes to any advertising, the golden trifecta is quality, cost, and speed. And you can only get two at a time. Either you get amazing quality at a quick pace for a fortune, or you can have a creative genius at value for money that takes forever to come alive. But there is an exception to this rule. A form of marketing which is low cost, can be executed swiftly, and can go viral. Intrigued? Welcome to the world of guerrilla marketing, a great alternative to traditional marketing. It thrives on original thinking and creativity, where imagination and ingenuity can beat out big budgets. It was first described by J. Conrad Levinson in his 1984 book, Guerrilla Marketing, Secrets for Making Big Profits from Your Small Business. You can check the link to the book on our Insta handle at Marketing Lessons Podcast. What Jay intended with the concept was to help small companies take big strides, but only using a small budget. Now, companies of all sizes indulge in guerrilla marketing with huge budgets, resulting in massive eye-catching advertising campaigns. Well, guerrilla marketing uses energy, innovation, and imagination. Its mainstay is ensuring that the buyers feel special, privileged, positively surprised, intrigued, or thrilled by the interaction with the brand. The trick to guerrilla marketing lies in arousing the emotions in the receiver. Success depends on how apt the content was and how well the promotional channel delivered it. Guerrilla marketing is unexpected, hence memorable. It flips the edutainment switch in the consumer, but more importantly, it gives the brand the perception of being authentic, 
and innovative. And all of this comes at exceptionally low cost. In India, we had the first taste of guerrilla marketing in 1997 when Coke bagged the sponsorship rights to the Cricket World Cup, becoming the official drink. But the true champion was Pepsi, which created advertising history by unleashing its most successful ad campaign. Nothing official about it. Equal parts outrageous and groundbreaking, Pepsi soon came to be seen as a democratic brand that had humiliated the conservative Coke with its superior creative strength. And ever since, we've grown watching ad wars between Burger King and McDonald's, Tide and Rin, Mercedes and BMW, Coca-Cola and Pepsi, and we still look forward to watching their campaigns or tweets that rage a war of words on the internet. Guerrilla marketing can strike you anywhere, outdoor or indoors. Let's look at some classic examples that are fresh in our minds. Think of how McDonald's painted a zebra crossing on the streets to resemble French fries. Just imagine taking a walk around with your children at a public festival in Switzerland. The minute the kids spot the ad, they immediately want a happy meal and some tasty French fries to go with it. That's street marketing done right to fingerlicious perfection. Shani, do you remember the time when Nike placed a barricade at a metro station saying, just do it on an elevator door, forcing the consumers to stake the stairs instead? This reminded consumers of the brand and what it stands for, which is athleticism and good health. Imagine just one placement of a sign and Nike went viral on social media. This kind of ambient marketing interferes with the normal flow of events. A simple ad placed at an unconventional location can garner the brand much needed buzz on social media. Another technique used is ambush marketing. A good example that comes to mind in India is by e-commerce giants Flipkart, Amazon and Snapdeal. This is a story of 2015, but it was highly entertaining. Amazon India announced the great Indian festive sale in newspapers and hoardings across the country. Flipkart also started its sales promotion, Big Billion Days, by taking over the front and back pages of various newspapers. Meanwhile, Snapdeal chose creativity over sheer volume and released a clever ad taking a dig at both its rivals. The full-page ad appeared in the Times of India's third page and read, You don't need a billion offers to amaze you. You just need to snap the best ones. But the best offers this Diwali shop only on Snapdeal. I should remember, it was sale time, jam-packed with offers. The goal at Snapdeal was to do something different, which caught the eye of the consumer and communicated the message of great deals amidst the sale frenzy in a fun and creative way. This was not the first time, though, that Snapdeal had trolled Flipkart. Flipkart had run the Acha Kia campaign to promote a three-day sale event on its platform. The lines they were using was, Bada TV nahi kharida, acha kiya. Blue bag nahi kharida, acha kiya. Snapdeal smartly designed a counter campaign saying, acha kiya bata diya, yahan se kharido. They followed this by announcing over social media that the company had strategically placed billboards right below and above Flipkart's, amusing consumers and instigating trolls on social media alike.
Now, the pros of guerrilla marketing are very intuitive. You know, low cost, creative ingenuity, high probability to go viral, and a PR delight. But guerrilla marketing can also go horribly wrong. It was the year 2007, and the producers of an animated TV series called Aqua Teen Hunger Force decided to install LED circuit boards across Boston, USA. This sparked a major citywide panic as bomb squads were bought to examine the LED mistaken to be explosive devices. Call it a disaster or a PR slam dunk. But when activating guerrilla marketing, one needs to exercise an evaluation stop gate. And a good evaluation scorecard would be to measure up the following four. First, legal, especially if you're activating in public spaces or pulling a bluff. Second, being sensitive to all communities, minorities, and subgroups. Now, let's just take this example. Um, it was Sony, I believe, who was promoting their PSP when they commissioned street artists to paint graffiti advertisements around various urban areas. They were trying to connect with the younger generation with simple images of kids playing with the new gadget. However, the message didn't resonate well with their target and they drew scorn from street savvy youngsters. The youth began to deface the ads with messages saying, get out of my city, phony, to protest the graffiti. Another con against guerrilla marketing is unpredictable factors like the weather. To promote its new line of frozen treats, Snapple, a brand of tea and juice drinks, created the world's largest popsicle. It was placed in Times Square in New York City. Unfortunately, the popsicle melted much quicker than expected and Times Square was flooded with a huge sticky mess. Sure, Snapple got some good publicity, but their campaign just didn't hit the mark. Another aspect to be wary of is backlash for any undercover marketing campaign, such as the one DHL pulled off on FedEx. They sent DHL branded couriers at night, masked in photoluminescent paint that activated in daylight, so it looked as if FedEx was advertising for DHL. Those are all great examples, Sajani, but let's move on to our favorite segment of the podcast, where we dissect an ad, and on this occasion, we've chosen the David versus Goliath story of how Sebamed crashed Unilever's party by taking a dig at a brand like Dove, which has always topped charts when it comes to brand trust. They toppled the consumer's faith in such a big brand with just one ad. And if you haven't, then do watch the ad and also Unilever's response. We'll post the link on our Facebook page for you all to have a look. We would also love it if you could leave us your comments on what you thought about this battle of wits. The ad war that played out between FMCG giants Hindustan Unilever and German personal care brand Sebamed caught everyone's attention in the media industry. It was finally settled on January 19th as Bombay High Court allowed Sebamed to continue its advertising campaign with minor tweaks. Sebamed made Edgewell's Dove taste its own medicine. You remember the Dove ad? The protagonist uses pH testing with a litmus paper to prove the mildness of the soap compared to its competitors. Sebamed went on a step up. They say the pH of detergent soap Rin is the same as that of supposedly mild soap like Dove and Pears. 
To help you understand the chronology, we have stitched together videos into a montage, and we hope you really enjoyed this battle of brands. HUA rebutted by launching its own campaign titled PH Nahi, CS Ki Suno, CS being common sense. The campaign tried to put across the point that judging a good soap by just one parameter can be misleading. Water, known to be the mildest ingredient, has a pH of 7. And so by that logic, they claimed that if water is safe, so are their soaps. Though HUL's move to roll out this campaign to blunt the misleading pH-only weapon of Sibamed, it ended up giving their rival what it always wanted, more footage, more pH points, and more noise. This campaign reply by HUL was considered by many as a low-intensity reaction to the Sebamed attack. However, the reason why HUL didn't feel the need for any drastic measure is because of the pricing dynamics. A 100-gram Sebamed cleansing bar ranges between 99 to rupees 189, whereas a bar of Dove costs about 48 rupees. Sebamed is thus about a 50% more premium than HUL's products. And while the campaign was a raging success, we wonder if it actually made any dent on the sales or market share. But Deepthi, to fully understand the business consequences of this campaign, one must acknowledge that Sebamed had nothing to lose. As a new entrant in India and a marginal player, they propelled themselves into a serious challenger role by taking on bigger established brands, forcing them to respond. Overnight, everyone knew Sebamed. Any other strategy? And this would have taken years to achieve. A gorilla brand only plays by the gorilla handbook. Sebamed has only one hammer in pH, and it went around hitting everyone with that hammer. For what it's worth, Ishani, Sebamed calls this truthful advertising, and they release a new ad continuing their campaign, Sirf Science Ki Suno. It's a shampoo ad. And while most shampoo ads have glamorous shots of shiny, smooth air, the visuals of Sebamet focus heavily on a close-up of scalp and roots of the hair. They know very well that they are a medicated soap. And hence, these messages, most people would say, are on brand for them. Will Sebamet become a brand of reckoning is for all of us to wait and watch. However, they have managed to make an impression. Nothing can take away from the marketing efforts of the team, which managed to gather recall in a cluttered category, such as the FMCG. To conclude, here are our three golden nuggets for guerrilla marketing. One, concentrating the company's resources, time, place, and topic to achieve temporary superiority by trying to outsmart any perception filters established in the target group. This means that the company must challenge the consumer's preconceived notions by a surprising marketing effort and show them what the company really stands for. Two, sell the ideology along with the product. The objective is to make the consumer become a part of the brand and capture their mind space. Third, identify established patterns analyze them, and then overcome these patterns. Simply put, be unique. For example, Nestle builds a bench that looks exactly like the Kit Kat chocolate that they sell in the market. This makes Nestle's promotion unique. Now, Cadbury cannot just go and replicate the strategy because the element of surprise is lost.
Now, we would like to say that guerrilla marketing is a weapon that every marketer can scour for in their arsenal, satiating their creative cup. But this only works for businesses that are not averse to risk-taking, because when it backfires, then the legal bills might outweigh the joys such efforts might have produced. Our final verdict, guerrilla marketing is genius if you exercise caution and it matches your brand ethos. Else, feel free to step aside and enjoy the ad wars along with us in the audience. And that's all we have for you today. Follow us on our Instagram page. The handle is at the rate marketing lessons podcast. Do share your comments and drop us your queries on our social media handles. We'll be back soon with the next episode of our podcast, Marketing Lessons, Books to Boardroom. Till then, it's goodbye and happy marketing, folks. <laughs>